Today, I am chatting with my new business bestie, DeSola Davis, all about how to create an unforgettable client experience in your business. And you might be delighted to discover that it doesn't necessarily need to cost you anything extra. The customer journey can be described as the path a customer follows as they venture from being a complete stranger to, ideally, your biggest fan. From their first time hearing about your business to the end of their relationship with you and everything in between. So as you can imagine, this might include things like social media, a blog post, a phone call, a visit to your store, or scheduling a session to receive your services, right through to what happens after you walk away from each other. A customer journey includes each and every touch point from beginning to end and collectively makes up the customer experience. And really dialing into what your customers are experiencing at each and every stage can truly be very insightful and also your most effective path to business success. And here's the thing, mapping out your complete customer journey is a surefire way to identify shortfalls and therefore revenue losses in your business. And it is also very often overlooked. I'll bet you can already think of a handful of examples where as a customer, you had an amazing experience in some areas and then other things fell flat and you're left wondering if the business owner has ever taken a walk in their customer's shoes. Or maybe you had a great experience all the way through, but then you never heard from the business owner ever again. It seems like a lot of ground to cover, but guess what? Understanding the customer journey and overall customer experience isn't as tricky as you might think it is once you get yourself organized. And it is so important, which is exactly why DeSola is here today to walk you through getting started with customer journey mapping in your business. So if serving your customers to the very best of your ability is important to you and your business, Today's episode is one that you definitely don't want to miss. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, Grab your notebook and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Desla. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to chat with you about all things testimonials. How are you today? Wonderful. How are you? Good. So what listeners don't know is that we're basically already business besties. (laughs) We've been just chatting up a storm. And I know how much they're going to love you. You're brilliant. And I'm just going to let you do most of the talking here today. First, I want to start by having you introduce yourself and telling listeners what brought you to care so much about testimonials. Hi, everybody. My name is DeSola Davis. I am a customer journey architect. Architect is the word we're using now because one of my clients said strategist was not good enough. So we're using the word architect. But I also do product development design. And what I do is I help online coaches and creators design a delightful sales experience so that they can increase their customer lifetime value, duplicate their conversion rates, and touch base with their raving fans. I think that there is a core group of people that if you can get really in touch with them, they will explode your business like nobody's 
business, essentially. And what I do is I help you get in touch with them and I help you connect with them in a way that turns them into repeat buyers for your business and explodes it. Amazing. So I've heard it said that 80% of your business revenue comes from like 20% of your customer base. So is that what you're talking about here? 100% and I am living proof. I think a lot of times whenever we're marketing for any of the products that we have, we're always thinking we have to reach as many people as possible and we're forgetting the people who are paying attention. So there are people who are on your sales pages or on your Instagram pages or on your Facebook pages, wherever you connect with your community that are constantly asking questions, that are constantly sharing your products, that are constantly interacting with the content that you're creating. Those are the people you need to be talking to. Those are the people you need to be focusing on and making sure that you're building products and creating things to solve their problems. Absolutely. And when you think about it, you've already done the heavy lifting of bringing them on board as a customer. They already know they can trust you. You've already sold something to them. So why not keep them on board, right? Exactly. If you've already solved one of their problems, the chances of them, of you being able to solve even more of their problems increases significantly. So why not continue that relationship and deepen that relationship? I always talk about sales, again, being a relationship. But when we first meet, it's kind of weird for me to ask you to marry me, right? Stranger danger, I'd probably just block you and never speak to you again. But if we've been on several dates and they've all gone really well, I've met your parents and your family, and now we're kind of at that point where you're asking to marry me, that makes total sense. That's how sales is. If I've solved several problems for you, if you've been in my community and we've vibed on so many different levels, then yes, if you make an offer that solves a problem that I have, believe that I'm going to go with you over someone else because I already know, like, and trust you. Absolutely. Can you tell me how this might look in the world of like a physical product? Because I think when you're thinking about online products, you can kind of see how that works, right? Like somebody's going to buy a program from you and when they complete the program, you're kind of just thinking about, okay, what do they need next? And maybe you offer another digital program, but in the world of physical product, what does that look like? I love that question so much. So depending on why you created the physical product, so if you created it to solve a specific problem, so like from a utility perspective, is there anything else that the buyer would then need after they've used your product in the future? So for example, if you create, I don't know, give me an example. Give me a good physical product example. Well, I just recently was thinking about lipstick because I was wondering if lipstick sales have hit the ground because we're all wearing masks. Yes, that's such a great question. So yes. So for example, you're already really good at selling lipsticks. Maybe you sell lipsticks that not only look really good with the person's complexion or things like that, but it also makes their lips feel super soft. Could you not, for the people who wear masks all day long, create a balm that helps them kind of preserve the healthy looking lips and things like that? underneath those masks. And you don't have to really pivot that much from your current product because there's something in your lipsticks that already makes their lips feel great. Could you turn that into a balm that they can use every day now that they're not using lipsticks all the time? Amazing. So with physical products, it looks a little more like introducing new verticals to your product line. Exactly right. Could you, even with lipsticks, are there any other things that you're doing? If you're doing specifically just lip care, could you do Additionally, lip masks. Could you do other things that they could do to preserve the care of their lips? Because let's talk about this for a second. I'm not doing a lot of lip care for somebody who's wearing masks everywhere that I go. I just put my mask on and I go. But there are certain things that we can do to help our lips so that they're not cracked. It's winter time. Like there's so many things that you could do at this point to pivot or to just continue to be a relevant resource 
for your customer base. So if you're doing lipsticks and you're not doing anything else, definitely doubling down on lip care and then just being interactive with your audience and seeing what other products they need and things like that. And this is why it's also really important to have an email list not just selling front and center in a marketplace, maybe like an Etsy or creative market or things like that. It's really important to have an email list. It's also important to share stories that are relevant to your product. So is there anything else running parallel, not just with lipsticks? Is there anything else running parallel from a self-care perspective that you can then double down on and share stories on so that people feel not just the product, but how your business makes them feel. I know we were talking while we were off record about how people don't actually remember your product. They remember how it feels to interact with your business. Take another example. Starbucks has different flavors for different seasons. I don't remember what a caramel brulee latte tastes like in April, but I do know when it comes in November, I am the first person at the Starbucks because I want one. I don't want one because I remember how it tastes. I want one because of how it makes me feel. It reminds me of Christmas. I have a response to that business and to that product beyond it's a coffee that I have every so often or whatever. It's that feeling that you want to capture with your clients or customers. You want them to always feel like whatever it is that I'm buying from this person is a great experience. Working with this person is good. And it literally, you want that lizard part of their brain, the one that's not the executive part that has logic. You want the emotional part of their brain to say, working with Kelly equals good. Therefore, I will work with Kelly in any way I can. <laughs> if Kelly puts out another product, I'm buying it. If Kelly decides tomorrow she wants to sell water, guess where I'm buying my water. And I've said it before, I am not the best photographer by any stretch, but I also don't necessarily think you need to be the very best or put out the best quality product because that's only one small aspect of what you're selling people. Absolutely. You are the product. This is what people don't understand. Another thing that I talk to my clients about while we're doing one-to-one is the way you deliver the transformation is the prop. Whether it's a course, it's a physical product, it's a training, whatever it is, it is just a prop. You're here for the transformation. I say that to say I could help you one-to-one as a coach or consultant. I could also deliver what I'm trying to teach you through a course. I could also deliver what I'm trying to teach you through a high-touch program. It's all the same transformation. You're here because you connect with the way I deliver the transformation, not necessarily the way the package is. It's just a vehicle for what you're here for. And what you should be selling as the owner and as a creator is the transformation, is what you can do, what problems you can solve, what enhancements to quality of life you can give. If you're selling lipsticks, what are you expecting? someone who puts on your lipstick, how are you expecting them to feel? If you're teaching a course, what do you expect someone who takes the course to be able to do once they've completed the course? What does better look like after they've purchased your course? Absolutely. I was just going to say that I think brings us nicely to the aspect of testimonials. Oh, yeah. My next question was going to be, well, how do you convey the transformation to the world? I love that. I think testimonials are a really powerful way to do that. There are several different ways you can do that, of course. You can do that through your free content, how you are interacting with your community. You can do that by answering questions that people have prior to purchasing your product. You can do that by answering questions that people have after they've purchased your product, which is kind of where testimonials come into as well. Once someone has purchased your product and actually achieved the transformation or achieved a quick win with that product, 
at that point, you should be asking them for feedback in their own words. And I really love thinking about testimonials as someone telling your transformational story in their words. Hmm. Think of it as someone else, let's say for giggles, which is not a giggly type of thing, but you're called into court and someone is asking what it is that you do. Your testimonials are those additional expert witnesses, those additional character, not expert, but character witnesses that come in and say, no, they're not just saying these things. This is what actually happened for me in my experience. And so seeing a testimonial on a sales page that echoes the story that the sales page is telling adds more credibility to the person selling the product. I think a lot of times whenever we're asking for testimonials, a lot of people are not really strategic about it. You may send them an email saying, thanks so much for buying my course. What did you think of it? Reply to this email. I thought it was great. That is not a testimonial. You just asked me what I thought of it. And I told you what I thought of it. I thought it was great. A testimonial is supposed to really tell the story, tell a customer story of where they were before and where they are now as a result of working with you. That's what a testimonial is. And so having a testimonial on your sales page and other places, we'll talk about that later as a conversation goes on, but in other places, it's supposed to just continue to echo the same story that you've been sharing with your community. I need to tell you about my most downloaded free resource. If you're looking to elevate your business or brand photos using your smartphone or any other photo taking device, I don't want you to miss out on this. The results people are getting from this guide are crazy. Some say I should be charging actual money for it. But for now, I don't want to do that because I want everyone to get the beautiful photography results that they deserve. No more blurry, dark, dull, yellowish, shadowy, embarrassing photos for you, my friend. It's so much easier to get a beautiful photo than you probably think. Simply visit kellylawson.ca slash free guide to download your free photography guide and start taking better photos for your business today. That's kellylawson.ca slash free guide. I can't wait to see your photos sparkle. So I think for listeners, they're probably anywhere on the spectrum from, okay, yes, I have a few testimonials to I haven't even thought about that and I don't know where to start. And I think that we all kind of have maybe a little picture in our mind of, you know, a picture of somebody's smiling face and a very pleasant quote about the product or experience that they just had. And I guess I have a few questions, but let's just start with the most foundational one. How does a person get started with effective testimonials or gathering effective testimonials? I love that question. Let's go back. There are certain things that you need to do even before you request a testimonial. Before you request a testimonial, you have to make sure that you know who you want to speak to with that testimonial. So the testimonial is not for everybody. I think people just get testimonials. They put them on their Instagram page. I come from the online business world. So that's really where my focus has been. But this happens with traditional business as well. Really any entrepreneur, you put them on your webpage as like wonderful things people have said, or you use them as content for your Instagram or Facebook pages and things like that. And that's kind of the end of it. But if you're not thinking about the mindset of who needs that testimonial the most, you're going to miss an opportunity. So there is, as I talked about earlier, I'm a customer journey designer and architect, which I think it's really funny that one of my clients calls me that. But throughout the customer journey, your customer needs something at each stage. I call it the journey from stranger to fan. So people first meet you, they're a stranger, they don't know you or your business or your values or anything like that, but they meet you some type of way. 
perhaps through a collaboration, perhaps through a Facebook ad, perhaps through something you sponsored. If you're a physical product business, something you sponsored, they got your product or whatever, and then they move into your audience. And as an audience member, again, I don't need a testimonial. I just need to know that you understand my problem because I'm still trying to figure out why you care or why I should care to stay. Moving from an audience member to a prospect, that prospect is now considering you as a serious option to solving a problem because why? They already know that you understand their problem. They've stayed around your community long enough to see like there's some alignment there, but they haven't made that decision yet to buy into your product. This is where those testimonials are going to be key. So you're making sure your testimonials are answering questions that people who are seriously considering your product have. And so those questions are going to be answered by people who clearly have already used your product and seen success from it. If you don't have people who can document the fact that they've used your product and seen success, then you need to go into your product delivery system to see what tweaks you need to make to make sure that everything you promise them on your sales page is actually getting delivered in your product. So much to think about. It is. I'm sorry. And so I do this. I talk for a long time and then I'm like, I'm sorry. I just said a lot of things. <laughs> no, I love it. Like I love being inside your head and I could hang out here all day. But I do want to ask some clarifying questions. So when you're talking about the customer journey and the real intention, or I guess in order to use testimonials strategically, they should be answering the questions that the customers have at that very point in their customer journey. I'm just hoping before we move too far down the customer journey that maybe you could give a couple of examples of the types of questions that customers might have at the onset, like where they're just saying, okay, I've just met you. I see that you have something to offer that might solve my problem. Mm -hmm. Yes. The main question that a prospect has is, can you solve my problem? Before, when they were just in your audience, like I said, they come from stranger, come into your audience, become a prospect. When they were just in your audience, they just wanted to make sure you understood it. So this is where you show expert authority by defining the problem and reframing it in a way where they can actually see a solution. When they become a prospect, the question becomes, can you actually do it? And that's such a layered question because I think at this point, we start just throwing case studies at people and showing, you know, results, money saved or, you know, spent or revenue generated and things like that. But really, can you solve my problem is, yes, I've seen you solve it for all of these people, but my circumstance is different. You know how everybody thinks that they're a snowflake and they're just going to have to live with that problem forevermore? Mm-hmm. That's what testimonials answer. Testimonials go into more detail of how your fan or your ambassador, which is the other side of your customer base, after they've purchased a product and actually seen transformation, where they were when they thought that they were a snowflake and no one could solve their problem and no one could fix their thing. There is an empathy there where someone who's actually seen that transformation, who's not the expert, which is you can say, I was in that same boat. I was there too. These were my fears. These were my concerns. This was why I just got to the point where I'd had it and I needed a solution. And this is why I picked this person. Those are the questions that they're answering. How did you feel? If someone at this point is feeling frustrated and someone else who delivered the testimonial, if you look at their profile, there are people who are just like, I mean, I wasn't really frustrated. I had the money and I paid them. I don't see myself in that story. But if someone can come and really describe what they were feeling, where their biggest obstacles were in solving that problem, and that aligns with what your dream customer looks like, then those people can see themselves in that story. Totally. I've never thought about this before today. (laughs) 
And I have a pile of testimonials. So it's I just love to it. say that I've been collecting testimonials, but I never thought about strategically placing them to align with the stage in the sales journey that the customer is at. That makes a whole lot of sense. That's a bit of a breakthrough information for me. I love that. And hopefully for listeners too. But the next thing I'm wondering is how do I extract that information? I love it. How do I extract that information strategically from the people who I've worked with? You do that by asking better questions. Mm, Ask better questions. You ask for them. So if you know that this piece of information coming from you, you, the customer, let me be the customer. Kelly, you're my creator expert person. So you come to me and you're like, you know that if DeSola can just share her story with my prospects. So this is the problem. This is where we were before. A lot of people just say, hey, give me a testimonial and I'll just broadcast it everywhere, which you should, but just with more strategy. If DeSola can share her story with my prospects, And they can see this is someone who was just in your shoes 90 days ago. This isn't someone who's like five years removed or whatever, just in your shoes 90 days ago. And this is a realistic win that they've gotten. Because the other thing that people do is they get their like gangbusters person and they use that testimonial. Like I made $100,000 after taking this one course. That's great. That's like a one in a million chance. But DeSola, you took the course and you got a realistic win from it. DeSola, can you tell your story? So then you start asking clarifying questions. Like when you ask for the testimonial, you say, hey, share about where you were and how you felt and things like that before you took the course. And then talk about how you are now. And then I talk about something called the in-between, but talk about where you were or what you did differently that got you from how you were feeling before you bought the course to how you are now. And that sandwich, the before, the after, and the in-between is really what makes a great testimonial and something that you can then provide to your prospects to look at. Amazing. So more questions. I love it. The first question is, I guess it's not a question. I'm going to start with a statement because I think a lot of us day to day, we just kind of get caught up in the delivery of our programs or our products and we're going and our wheels are spinning and we're doing all the things and customers are coming and going and they're so delighted. But then we realize, hang on, I forgot to ask them those questions. So how do you recommend that entrepreneurs, first of all, prevent that from happening, but maybe build it into their system so that they're kind of effortlessly getting these testimonials before it's too late? Because I think I'll speak for myself in my situation. I've got people churning through my programs, but I forget to stop and go, hang on, did that work for you? And if it did, what do you think? And would you be willing to say that publicly? Yes, I love that. I think in the way that your course is designed, you have to have areas in your course where you know exactly where they're going to get their first win. So you know to ask them, you know to have something positioned to ask them how to do it. I actually turned transformational testimonials, I think we talked about this offline, but I turned that into a course where we talk about this. But you deliver a quick win, you know exactly when that's going to happen, so you have something positioned to ask the question then. You're also on the lookout for it. If you don't have a community or a way to collect feedback without prompting, you need one of those things. Because there's no way every single person that you're prompting to give you feedback is going to be in a position to do it. They're just too busy. They don't feel like it. They don't even know what words to use. But if there's a place where you can collect consistent feedback, perhaps a Facebook community, perhaps a place where you talk about the course on your front-facing page, a Facebook page or an Instagram page or whatever, and people are commenting and you have a system for collecting those comments so that you can then follow up with those people in the future, that's how you can at least collect a group of people where you can start the conversation. Those are two ways that I would do it. 
Yeah. And so once again, with a physical product, how would you recommend that people ensure that they're grabbing these testimonials or at least noticing transformations and things like that? I love that. So for someone with a physical product, I know that usually what happens is you ship the physical product or they come into your store and they purchase the product. You have to have a way to encourage them to come back and rehab the conversation once they've experienced the product. Again, going back to that quick win, you have to have an understanding of the timeline for when that problem would be solved so that you can touch base with them and bring them back into your circle. And that's so much more than sending a, what do you think of it link? Totally. And I think the timing of things is pretty important, right? Because you want to reach them immediately after or as close to that as possible because they're still feeling emotional and happy and excited about it. If you wait too long, or at least this is what I tell myself in my head, if I wait too long, well, then the magic is kind of gone and then it becomes like a bit of a canned sounding response. Absolutely. And I'll just give one quick tip. Again, if you don't have a, a community where people are able to share effortlessly, you are missing out. And it doesn't have to be anything ridiculous. It doesn't have to be anything too far. It could be something like if you have a physical product, encouraging people to share your physical product on their page so that you can share it to your audience. Encouraging a culture where people feel comfortable sharing about your product in their spaces. It could be something like giving them an opportunity to win certain things by doing just that and then following up with them personally to get more information about their transformation. I think what happens is we get the easy content when people share about our physical products, but then you don't do the additional follow-up to get real stories that you can then share with the community of an email list or something like that as you're gearing up for a giveaway or as you're gearing up for a big launch. You miss opportunities to share real stories of real people using your real products. Oh, hey, popping in here for a quick sec. Do you ever think about starting your own podcast, but you worry that the sound quality might hold you back? Well, don't let that be the culprit. I want to let you in on a little secret, so lean in. East Coast Studio. East Coast Studio is the reason that this podcast sounds so amazing, and they will take care of all your sound editing needs so that you can focus on the fun stuff. The experts at East Coast Studio will ensure your podcast is the highest possible quality to reflect well on you and your brand and to deliver the best possible listening experience to your audience. East Coast Studio is a proudly Atlantic Canadian business and today they're offering 25% off of your first audio editing service. Just email info at eastcoaststudio.ca and tell them Kelly sent you. It doesn't get much more Atlantic Canadian than that. That's info at eastcoaststudio.ca and tell them Kelly sent you for 25% off of your first sound editing service today. Speaking of opportunities to share real stories of real people loving your products and services, where should these pieces of content live exactly? Like I've heard you say email lists. That makes sense to me. Where else should these testimonials live? Definitely on your sales page, as we talked about before. But there are some other ways that you can do that. I think depending on what your product is, and I use the word product to describe both products and services, but depending on what your product is, wherever your prospect is going to be looking for more information about your product, they should be able to easily find a testimonial. And so wherever you're sending them to get more information, be that a web page or sales page, a webinar almost, be that inside of just wherever, 
honestly, wherever you're sending them is where they need to go. So I've seen, for example, this is something that's rarely done, but if you have a podcast, bringing somebody who's taking your course on to talk about where they were before and what the transformation is and sharing more about them and their journey versus highlighting you and your course, just showing that like, hey, this is someone that I worked with. Hey, tell your story and just give them the floor to tell their story where they were and where they are now and what their wins are. And then for them to also share their offers and what they do. Because again, you're highlighting a success story. This is not your show. This is their show. Using that podcast episode, that's a testimonial right there. Because guess what? You're the one who facilitated the transformation, but they're the ones who did the work. And they're even more inclined to share more about you and your influence there because you've given them the floor. I love that so much that I'm going to say it again. This is their show, not yours. I think that that's just such an important message because if what you're selling is a transformation, then show that you're creating transformations for people. I think it's one of those things like in today's culture of like being vulnerable and putting yourself out there so people will know like and trust you. It becomes a show of like the service deliverer but not of the people who are receiving the service and like their heroic breakthroughs. And I just think it makes so much sense. And it's something that we need to be doing more of. And I don't know where it went, but I think, I don't know, Instagram. It's traditional business. And so for me, I come from a corporate background. And part of the reason that I'm in the online business industry, I tell people like I keep getting dragged back into it because I thought I was going to do more traditional business and do coaching and consulting for like brick and mortars, which is really funny that that's what we're talking about now. But it's because I identified that there are certain foundational things that are wonderful about traditional business that aren't really translating into the online business world. Like making it about your customers. Because at the end of the day, success is not how much money you make from your product. It's how many lives you get to change. Because Mm -hmm. if you're promising a transformation, the more people that you can get to validate and co-sign the fact that this transformation really works when working with you, that's going to expand your authority and establish that way more than you talking about it over and over. So you inviting me to come on this podcast and for me to talk about how I'm a customer journey designer, I do product development. Yes, that carries some weight. And based on what I'm saying, yes, I may be establishing authority. But if someone who's listening goes out and hears someone else talking about working with me, If, for example, a digital course creator goes on another digital course creator's page and they're talking about how they worked with me, and this is a true story about me, but how one of my clients, I worked with her, did one VIP day with her, which is a one-to-one service that I offer. And within three or four weeks, we measured her podcast listens or downloads and based on some strategy work that we did together. And it was really funny. I didn't even take my own advice when it comes to testimonials, but I was just thinking about it. And then I sent her a message and I said, Hey, have you noticed any differences in your podcast downloads? And she goes to Sola. We ran our reporting and I could not for the life of me understand what that huge spike was. What had happened was her podcast downloads had increased by 30%. Amazing. Just off of working with me, and we talked about a strategy because we had talked about like how she could leverage her podcast in her customer journey so that she could qualify more people to buy her products. And she implemented it like literally, and she's one of my favorite people on this planet. You know how you like work with someone and they do what you say immediately? She's like that person. We were on the call and she's like, I've already changed stuff. I'm ready to go. And she implemented it immediately, 30% change. Amazing. So is there anything that stands out to you as the person who helped her kind of make that transformation that really helped turn that corner for her? 
Yes, absolutely. I think that, again, everything that you're doing in your product suite, like I said, customer journey is like something that I just think about all the time. But everything you're doing in the product suite should align with the story that you want to tell and should make people see themselves in the story as they buy into it. So for her with her podcast, she wasn't sharing it enough and she wasn't putting it in front of the people who needed the information for her to a establish authority, to establish that no like and trust factor. And then for her to use that podcast to pull them deeper into the relationship. So there were a lot of people in her audience that weren't even tapping into a lot of the resources that she was making available to them. And so a couple tweaks. Amazing. But hearing me saying, this is what I do versus me just telling that story now has added more proof to my credibility and my authority because that's a testimonial that I forgot to get. And then I was like, oh, this is probably important. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on a second. Let's go back to this. It just makes so much sense. And all this like customer journey talk, that's something that I have to say, I think is so often overlooked. And that's a total crime. I made it a whole business. And you made it a whole business, which is brilliant. But let's think about it, though. It's so important. Like, I really wish the Canadian government would hire you. (laughs) And mobile phone carriers. I mean, the list goes on. Let's just think about how many times in the run of a day are you consuming something? Maybe it's a physical product or you're on a website or whatever. And you're like, hang on, like, did this person give any thought to what the end experience was like? Because I think as entrepreneurs, we get really caught up in the day to day and doing the things that we think are necessary. And we forget to take a step back and go, hang on. What's going through the mind of the customer at each and every step through the customer journey or through their interactions with my business? And I mean, just a simple example, because I just picked on the Canadian government. So I'm going to pick on them for a sec (laughs) because they have a COVID app and it's free to grab the app and nobody's you know going to breach your confidentiality or anything like that. It's just simply so that if somebody tests positive, you can know if you are in the vicinity of that, whatever. So it's a good idea. Like, why not have it? But in order to get people to download it, they sent a text message with a 1-800 number. Oh my God. And I just thought like, hang on, I'm using my phone to look at the text message. Like, how about a link to take me just straight to download the app? Because I don't want to call somebody. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. And this is why I get hired to do what I do. Because we're so in our own, and I'll say it for myself, I can't do it for myself. So I hire people to do it for me because I can think about other people's businesses and their product suites strategically. I cannot do that for myself, which is why I forgot to ask my client for a testimonial. And it just ended up being like a, hey, what happened with their podcast? Because I know that was one of the quick things we said we were going to do. But that's why I get hired is because we can look at that strategically and we can say, how can we remove as many obstacles as possible to make sure that people achieve their transformation? Because what happens is whenever they purchase a product, especially if it's not something that's like a low risk, quick, easy, I know what to do with this type of product, is you have to, I call it, you have to believe in them first. You knowing that transformation is possible is what's going to carry them over the first two to four weeks of using your product. And if you drop the ball there, like exactly what you said, if you send me a 1-800 number where I I could have just used a link and been done with it, if you drop the ball there, I'm going to abandon your product. And my brain is not going to remind me that working with you is a good thing. And so those first few weeks are so critical for you to be able to show your people that you believe in them first. I also talk about it like holding an image to your client that seems blurry right now. Like you can see it clearly, but it seems blurry to them because they've never experienced what that type of transformation looks like. So like for you, 
we talked about your courses. You have a beginner photography course that's doing amazingly well and it's giving people great results. I don't know how to take pictures. I know nothing about it. And so when I start taking your course, you know that if I do the work and if I do certain things, you know what's expected. And you have to keep reminding me that that transformation is possible for me while I'm trying to get my mind aligned with that. And there are ways that you can do it. Here's another quick example. Like whenever, maybe in 2021, we'll get back to this. But if you were to hire a personal trainer to help you lose weight and eat better, 2020 is just not the time for that. Let's just like eat all the donuts and the bagels that we can. That's kind of how I feel about that. But like, let's say in 2021, we decide we want to get snatched again. And so we hire a personal trainer. It's not until you start seeing those first couple of pounds go down that you start to believe that you can actually lose weight. So it doesn't matter that the personal trainers do 100 jumping jacks, stop eating sugar and all the things that make you happy, eat grass for the rest of the, you know what I mean? Eat things that make you unhappy. Right. It'll be okay. But it's not until day seven to 10 when you start seeing inches come off, you start seeing your weight go down that you're like, I can do this. And you need to get them to where they can say, I can do this quickly. And so that's really where you start. And again, going back, just making this full circle for the testimonials, that's a really great place to then ask for a testimonial because now they believe in themselves. And people who are beyond customer and are now ambassadors in your program, remember, as I said, a prospect, the question that they're asking is, how can you solve my problem? What you want a customer to be asking is, how can I solve my problem with your help? Now the power is transferred back to the customer who's always had the power to begin with. This is where Luke figures out that he has the force and Yoda's just helping him out. That's that part. And that's so important because that also helps you avoid things like people saying that your products don't work, that you lie to them, that this is a scam and I don't get anything out of it because you have to find a way to transfer that power over. And that's not automatic, especially in the digital product industry. People think that that is an automatic transfer. But if I could solve my own problem, I wouldn't have paid you money to do it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So while I still don't know how to solve it, you need to hold my hand. You need to hold the frame until that picture is clear for me and I can take it from there. Amazing. That gave me the chills. (laughs) It just makes so much sense. And it's one of those things that I think that we don't consider day to day. And you made a whole job out of it. Made a business out of it. But that's why I did that is because no one's talking about it. No one's doing it. No one is devoting as much time as I am to it at this time. And that's cool. I think everyone should operate in what they're really good at. And I think some people do a really good job about mentioning it and make sure that people realize it's important. However, I think if it's important to you, if your customer relationships are important to you, if collaborating with the right people to serve your customers better is important to you, that deserves a specialist. And that's why I turned it into a business. Amazing. So more about that. You have a free resource that you're going to provide to listeners. Can you tell me about that? I do. Yes. Since we've talked a lot about testimonials, if you go to desoladavis.com backslash testimonials, I will give you a few questions that you can ask, just like we were talking about creating that before, after, and in between. I'll give you a few questions that you can ask your current customers so that they can give you the right feedback that should go on your sales page. Amazing. And we'll be sure to link that to the show notes. So if you're driving or on the treadmill or whatever, don't worry about scribbling it down. We'll link it in the show notes so you can find it easily. Now, DeSola, I need to know what is one thing that listeners can do today to get a step closer to improving their customer journey? I love that. If you already have a product, identify what that quick win for your customer is. It's the first thing that I would do. Because everything, once you figure that out, you can share content with your audience. You can overcome objections for your prospects. 
once you figure out what that quick win is, then you have a place to go. And that could be as simple as, you know, if you have a physical product, it could just be them opening up the packaging. If it's a mug, open up the packaging and use it for the first time. Take a picture. That's the quick win. Mm -hmm. If it's a digital course, completing a specific module or completing a pre-questionnaire, that could be the quick win. And once you identify what that quick win is, celebrate that quick win like crazy. So that they identify that they just got that win because you helped them. I love it. I'm so excited to go away from here and implement this. Do all those things. <laughs> Do all of those things. I am so grateful for your time today, Desola. I could talk to you all day long. I did warn you. <laughs> we are chatters. And I think that listeners are going to get so much out of this. In the very least, if they're walking away considering what their customer experience is, that's a win in my book. So listeners, make sure that you post about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Desola. I loved chatting with you today. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. See, DeSola is awesome. She has this all figured out and I wish for all of us to have a little bit of her bright insight into our businesses. Getting to know the customer journey is about nurturing and refining the customer experience. Along the way, customers will interact with your various touch points, such as an ad on your website. Once you're in the customer mindset, you can map out your touch points which will likely include social media reviews, your website, your customer service team, if applicable, and the super important follow-up customer feedback surveys that we talked about today. So investing time into understanding your business's customer journey and going through the process yourself will help you see where you can identify weak spots, make improvements, and perfect your customer's experience so that they just keep coming back for more and more and recommending you to their best friends. For more information about today's episode, including how to reach DeSola, please visit the show notes at kellylawson.ca slash 045. And hey, if you really like this show, please consider recommending it to your business besties and leaving a review on iTunes. It really, truly helps us to keep delivering this show as a free resource to you week after week. And until next week, Workshop Warrior, keep honing your wonderfully positive customer journey so they keep coming back for more and more from you. And until next week, Workshop Warrior, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you workshop warrior you.